This week on Earn More Tutoring, I talk with Gretchen Wegner about her upcoming trip to Tanzania, the transition from seeing students to becoming a full-time coach for her courses, and how asking for help will change the world. I don't have a producer. I don't have editors. I only do one take. I just decide that my first take is what the world gets to get. And it's good enough. It's not perfect, but my lens is an important lens and I could be perfect and give the world less of me, or I could be imperfect and give the world more of me. All right, welcome to Earn More Tutoring. Our mission is to eradicate educator poverty. I'm Sean McCormick, the creator of the Become an Online Executive Function Specialist course. My guest today is Gretchen Wegner. Welcome to the show, Gretchen. Hey, everyone, and Sean. It's so good to have you back. Repeat guest, this is, I think you're my second repeat guest, which I love. Woot, woot. Yeah. And uh, so tell us what's going on. I know you've got the courses. Um, I, I saw recently in a post that you're kind of moving away from the direct service or coaching throughout the semester and more into your course creation. Give us some updates. What's going on in Gretchen's world? Yeah. Well, and maybe because I'm sure some of the listeners are new, maybe I'll give the Cliff Notes version of my business history so that they can understand what's new in context. Um, But I started off over 10 years ago now as an academic coach. I was first hired as an independent contractor by a woman with her own business, much like you have your own business, and then got really good at the job and started having requests and ended up leaving her business, starting a business of my own, uh, ended up um, having a hard time making ends meet just by myself here in the Bay Area on an hourly wage. And so I started to um, investigate marketing strategies, and that led to investing over $30,000 over three years in a high-end marketing course. And uh, through that process, started creating. Sometimes we need a course to be a container for our creativity, right? And so some things blossomed from that course I never could have planned or didn't think I was trying to create. I just wanted to have more clients and be paid more. But instead, I ended up coming up with the name, the anti-boring approach to powerful studying. And that's when I turned that idea, that name. And I was like, what is that? It popped into my brain. And as I started investigating what it was, it turned out to be an online course for students. And then as I put that on the internet, And also worked hard to get clients on the East Coast. I'm here in Pacific time as you are uh, because I didn't want to work as late in the day. So that forced me to go on the internet, which I hadn't done before. And then that forced me to, I mean, people started finding my website. And so people started asking me for a training. Educators asked me to be trained in this anti-boring approach thing. So I threw together a training. (laughs) And at first the training was just to help people start their own businesses But then teachers started asking, but we want this too. And so, you know, people just kept on making requests and I kept on saying, sure. And now, uh, or recently, my business looked like having several student clients. And I mean, this semester, I only have three, but, you know, having up to eight student clients and having a course called the Art of Inspiring Students, which is the course for educators. And it's also the prerequisite for the people who come into my business training, uh, because I want anyone coming into the business to know my toolkit and to have a common language. 
So um, I now have two trainings, one called Rock Your Coaching, which is a year-long training for educators or people who've already established their own businesses, where we learn the anti-boring toolkit. And then more importantly, we connect in community together and pull our, tear our hair out about students and parents and teachers and how do we be even more effective and so that's rock your coaching. And then there's rock your biz, which are people who really do want some support to get their own private practice up off the ground. And we still tear our hair out together in class, in our, in our training calls. Uh, but we talk about the business side as well as the coaching and teaching side. So that's the nutshell. But it was too hard for me to put the time into the adult trainings when I was consistently seeing students, especially through the pandemic, students take a lot of time. So I just finally had to say it's hard. I mean, my eyes always feel wet when I talk about it. Like I just can't do one-to-one coaching right now. I have to put all my energy into helping these training programs that people seem to really value um, to helping them bloom more. Yeah, that sounds like such a difficult choice. I totally empathize because as a person who was coaching almost 30 students at one point, I'm, I'm very much reduced and it's really difficult to, to do both. So I totally get it. Um, but kudos to you for following your, for following your vision. You know, it's, it's hard to do and, and there's no perfect equation, but I'm sure the impact you're having through your courses and your trainings is making it possible for more educators to effectively inspire and serve students. Um, so that's that's wonderful. I wanted to ask about uh, your upcoming training uh, in your upcoming course. Tell us a little bit about that. And I'd love to dive into you know what the offer is and, and what educators can gain from it. So, and in order to answer what the offer looks like now, I also want to give one piece of history that I think will be helpful for people. Now, the way my business is structured is I have these self-guided courses and then I have a community and the community is a subscription, a monthly or yearly subscription. And I'll explain more about how exactly that looks in the offer in a moment. But I want you to know that because I changed to this model right literally January of 2020, right? So right before shit hit the fan in the world. And I did it because I was exhausted with the launch model, with creating a course. And then you don't just create the course. You have to write all the, try not to swear here, but that's, there are words in my brain, all the marketing, emails and emails and lead pages and webinars and free webinars to try and convince people to know, like, and trust me. And I did that cycle from 2017, 2018, and 2019. I would launch three times a year. And by the time I was done with that, I just said, never again, another effing launch. Never again. I'm, I was too, the combination of the work that goes into it Plus this, this hopefulness that, oh, will people come? Will people join me? Oh, oh, and looking at the numbers and how many people are coming to the webinars and whatever. It was, it was terrible for my mental health. And so I just, I just quit. And I said, I know, I know what I have is useful, but I can't keep on doing this to me, myself energy wise. So I took all the training calls out of the courses. I put them up on my website as self-guided 
And then I said, great, people can just take it self-guided. And then if they want time with me and, and actually I should say, not just me, I mean, yeah, I'm awesome, but what's more awesome than me is the kinds of educators who are attracted to my personal brand of awesomeness because they are incredible. And so the people in the community calls are, I don't even call them training calls anymore because once you arrive at the call, we learn from each other and I guide the conversation and I'm skilled at that. But um, it just felt easier to be like, I don't want to convince anyone to join me anymore. If they see the value, they'll join the community and they'll stay with us and they'll get licensed as one of my anti-boring approach coaches if they want or not. So I spent the entire pandemic just resting, <laughs> not doing launches and making less money because launches really do help make money. So now here I am realizing I've got to, I've, I've got to start making more money. So I've got to do a launch, uh, but I don't want to launch people into a training. I want to launch people into the community. And I've decided I'll do that maybe once a year. People can join any other time if they want. They don't have to join during the launch. But now is a time. There are some people who like to learn alongside a cohort. And so this June, I'm bringing in two cohorts. One is the Rock Your Coaching cohort, and that is classroom teachers or coaches or educational therapists or counselors, all the school-based educators or people who have their own academic coaching business. They don't care about the business side of things. They want to learn the tools and they want to practice. How do we support students with learning how to study and learning how to work with their, their executive functions that are really reeling, especially after the pandemic, right? We want to learn a proven toolkit. That's the anti-boring approach toolkit. So it's a year-long commitment where as a part of the offer, you get the course, The Art of Inspiring Students. You get the course, The Habit and Grades Tracker, because I think the process that I have for helping students see how their habits affect their grades is pretty brilliant. And the coaches who come through my program say that. And then you get a year's worth of training calls so that you can learn I just said training, community calls, <laughs> so that you can learn the tools and then more importantly, troubleshoot actually implementing them with your people. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking about what you were saying about like ending launches. And that's something I do a lot. I do a weekly webinar and for my business and, you know, for two aspects, one for just kind of drawing people into the actual coaching, executive function coaching. And then the other one is for, if you are a professional and you want to become an executive function coach, I have a course on that. So I do two separate ones and I, right now I'm really enjoying it. Cause it's just like a lot of fun to like hear people's questions and continue to update the presentation. And I could see if I did this for the next like three years or something, it could get exhausting. I'm curious though, how do you attract um, and, and I want you to speak a little bit more on, on the idea of attracting clients as opposed to like getting them. Cause I feel like you're really good at attracting clients. I've noticed that. And, and I was wondering like, yeah, how do you get clients if you're not launching or, you know, what, how do you, how do you attract them? Over the years, I have learned how to show up exactly as I am on camera. And there's lots of video on me, like on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel. And so when people land in an exploratory call with me, 
I always say like, nice to meet your voice or nice to meet your face. And they go, oh, Gretchen, I know you. And you're exactly like you sound on your podcast. And you're exactly like you sound on your YouTube channel. And I think um, there are lots of reasons why I'm good at that. One is I have a background in improv and I'm very comfortable being spontaneous. I, I spent probably more than 10,000 hours between my YouTube channel and between playing with my niece and nephew on FaceTime as they were growing up. I spent lots of time learning how to flirt with the camera because that's the only way to keep a two-year-old engaged. <laughs> and um, so I just put in the hours, but my improv background also just has me being really comfortable with making stuff up. I'm never scripted. Uh, in all my courses, I'm not scripted. And so there's a vibrance that comes across on my YouTube channel and in the videos in my courses because I'm I'm sharing from the heart. Um, so not that people doing scripted things are, are wrong either. Everyone needs a process that works for how you can best be you in the world. Um, and, and that is also the crux of what I teach in the second offer which is Rock Your Biz, which is a year-long training where I help people both learn the Rock Your Coaching tools, but we also get the basic foundation of a business up and running. And then people get their first clients while they stay with me. And, and then often people stay on with me because they also get referrals from me. So they're able to pay off what they pay me by actually getting clients from me. So, um, but one of the really things that's important that we look at in the rock your biz piece is this, how do you be you don't try to be that YouTube study skills expert, <laughs> Gretchen Wagner. Don't try to be Sean McCormick. Don't try to be somebody else. Learn the tools. We have valuable tools to teach. Definitely learn the tools, but Practice the tools that we teach enough in your own world that you find your own unique way of embodying them. And then go out and do that publicly. So many people then hide or go slowly. They work on their website first and they do this other thing first. They hide. They don't get out there and try. And I think one of the reasons that, that, that people are attracted to me is also because I am imperfect. Go to my YouTube channel, anyone, Gretchen Wagner on YouTube. You'll see me reach in and start. You'll see me reach in and end. I don't ever, like, I don't have a producer. I don't have editors. I only do one take. I just decide that my first take is what the world gets to get. And it's good enough. It's not perfect. But my lens is an important lens and I could be perfect and give the world less of me or I could be imperfect and give the world more of me. And, uh, and I think there's something, there's a permission there that's attractive, both to students and to educators who are recovering perfectionists. I agree 100%. You, you're in, inspiring me as we speak because I'm thinking of so many things that have come up that I don't apply, but I wish I applied more. Like, so... I got really into the work of Russell Brunson as I was learning how to market my business and develop it. And he talked about instead of creating things, document things. Like don't feel like you have to like create the perfect video. Just document your process. And it seems like you you do that really well. And then I just recently, this past week, I went to Baltimore for NAPO's 
uh, conference. If you don't know what NAPO is, it's National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. And so it's just a cool, a cool thing to be a part of. But this lady spoke there. Her name's Cassandra Arson. And she has the show Hot Mess House on HGTV. And she is hilarious, first off, but she's also a marketing genius. So she was telling us that like she has over 600,000 email subscribers. And she said 200,000 of them came from just putting printables on Pinterest. Um, and, and you know, just like little tips that lead back to her email list, right? And I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I just put out my first printable today. I'm so excited. Shout out to Cassandra. But the thing she ended her, her speech with was what she said, my biggest piece of advice to everyone out there is put crap out. <laughs> and it was like, light bulb moment. It's like, ah, okay. Like, you know, you get so, you get so wrapped up in your head about wanting to make the perfect Instagram reel. And I'm, I'm the same way that I don't put out a lot. Honestly, I I do this podcast, but I don't put out a lot of social media stuff because I'm, I'm self-conscious. I don't either actually. I don't either. Although that's for other reasons. I'm a little addicted to social media. So if I get on yeah. I had this rule in my head. I was like, okay, every time I go on, I should post something, even though I don't follow it at all. But I just thought that would be a good way of like, like managing myself. <laughs> um, but so, so back to what you said, is YouTube your greatest um, funnel in a sense? And if people don't know what a funnel is, the idea of a funnel is that you're kind of like reaching out to a wide audience and then it's kind of like bringing people into a smaller, like kind of I guess, what do they say? Customer journey. It's like you start on YouTube and then you get to your website and then you see all the value you're offering there. And then it leads to like a webinar and then, you know, goes to like a inquiry call or whatever, you know, every funnel is different, but I'm wondering is, is YouTube for you the, the funnel that works the best? I have a podcast, the college prep podcast, uh, that I do with Megan Dorsey, who's a college counselor. And so my academic coaching and her college counseling have been a nice fit. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm aware that at this stage in my business, I need a, a new podcast too, because I need, there are conversations that I want to have that educators want to hear that parents and students don't want to hear. So I need a new platform for that. So well, I'm, I'm, I've, I know about one, it's called, um, earn more tutoring and I could definitely use a, <laughs> a co-panelist <laughs> once in a while. I'd love, I'd love to have you on. I would be happy to be a regular. Let's and, do it. Let's have a wrap up. I think up. I need my own too. So I hear you. I, hear hand, you. But I would be happy to be a regular. That would be super fun. Actually. Yeah. Um, and actually I'll say a side note. Well, there's one, there's a, like a, if I had my own podcast or if you wanted to do this, I just had a great conversation with a woman in my community right now. She's one of my licensed coaches and she's what one of the things that people joke about is be careful what you say out loud to Gretchen because there's a hashtag Gretchen made me do it. She's um, she's she's interested in note taking and researching note taking. I'm like, great, make a course, make a note taking course, do it. Use our community to test your <laughs> to test your ideas. You know what you and I could do? Sorry, I'm just we're just spitballing okay. here. Spitball. But so I was I was uh, talking to Cassandra or Arson, the the lady I was telling you about with Hot Mess House, and she created a course with three other. Um, house organizing experts. I can't remember their names right now, but they all, they said they rented an Airbnb and they just recorded over two days. And she said that each of them, I mean, this is, I don't know, this is just out there, but she said each of them makes over seven figures a year individually from that course, which just blew my mind. You know, they all, they all advertise it on their separate platforms, but 
it's like the power of I don't know collective yeah, you know collective. focus or something mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just just so cool so yeah I just yeah. want to throw that out there but yeah you were saying so Gretchen made me do it yeah. um where, where, yeah where we so she we we started talking about how she keeps on taking new classes because she keeps on thinking there's new things to learn and I said and I started telling her about how another friend of mine who I meet with who's in England I meet with him every Thursday morning he was telling me he has a learning addiction but that he's just transformed he's just reframed how he thinks about taking new courses and anyway I could share his reframe that doesn't matter but what matters is I think it I would just love to make some content like, are you a learning addict? How does that get in the way, actually, of you building your business that's based on your unique special sauce because you're constantly looking to experts for the information and the process and the whatever before you get into action? And and that would be a fun episode all in itself. That's a really good thing. Yeah, I I do think about that um, because I heard this. I'm reading this book right now. It's called The Million Dollar Micro Business by Tina something. I'm enjoying it though. I saw it at the airport when I was traveling back and I was like, got to download it. Read it now. I'm an addict. Um, So I've been listening (laughs) to it. (laughs) I am for sure an addict though. I'm constantly listening to audiobooks, but I take action. I think that's the difference. Like you can be addicted to learning, but you have to take action constantly. So like I made my, you know, I went to this conference a week ago, I heard printables is the way to go. And I made my first printable and threw it around on all these Facebook groups today. So I think it's okay to be like sucking in information at a high volume, but you also have to be at least trying one new thing pretty consistently. Yeah. Well, and let me then say what it was my friend Simon said that was so brilliant. Uh, Cause he said before he would, he would have an idea. I want to learn this to help me do X, Y, and Z in my business. And so he would take the class. Now he notices the impulse to take a class that he heard about. And he says, great. Rather than take the course as a way to procrastinate action, what is an action that I can take now before I take the course that's related to the idea of the course so that I'm in action already? And then I can celebrate my action with my love of learning by taking the course. And then I can add anything that I learned to that, but then I'm already in action rather than waiting, waiting, waiting. I don't know if you know, Mike McCallowicz, but he uh, talks about um, like when you want to buy something, instead of buying it right away, you wait 48 hours. And then you ask yourself, do I, you know, you see if you can wait another 48 hours and you like, and then you come up with creative ways to like deal with the issue rather than buying something that might not be necessary, but I think it's the same thing with courses. But at the same time, go buy our courses. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of the reasons I don't know all these names, actually, that you say, because I don't read anything. I maybe should read more. But back when I did my marketing training in 2014, they told us to unsubscribe from all the lists. And they said, just focus on what we teach for now. You can get on the list later, but we don't want you distracted by shiny objects. We want you to at least try our recipe since you paid us good money to be here. So I did that. And then I just haven't gotten on any lists since. And it's such a relief. So I do like to tell my people who come to me, like, let me be the last course you take, then get off all the lists. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think, I think they're, you know, and honestly, as we talk about it, it's like, it's whatever works for you. Like I know this lady um, who 
she said she only wrote, read one book on building wealth, Think and Grow Rich. And and Think and Grow Rich, if you've read it, there's this thing in it where it says like, write down your money goal and focus on it for the rest of your life and you'll get there, right? And I read that book and I've done that and it's been super helpful. You know, I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. But I've also read like a hundred books since then that have added value to my life. But I could also see it's like, if you stick with one system and you just like, you know, you've clearly made it in terms of like creating community and selling courses. Of course, I'm sure you have other goals that you're working towards within your sphere of influence. If made it means you you climb the mountain or the whatever, the cliff that you've been hanging over and you just pull your eyes up so your eyes are above so you can see the target, but you're still putting a lot of effort to keeping yourself up. That's me. That's what making it means. There's, you know, I would like to, I would like to have a lot less effort holding myself up. I'd like to be playing on the mountaintop and I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's, and that's probably your, I mean, of course that's your perspective, but it's also like you are, you know, you have high aspirational goals, right? You're, you know, that's why you're in the position you are. Cause you didn't settle, you know, with not building what you thought was going to be the most valuable thing to your community or, you know, reach. so, but that makes sense. I hear what you're saying. And yeah, I guess, I guess I think, I just think it can be either way. It can be, you can be learning from everything or you can focus on one system or you can have somewhere in between. There's no, that's kind of the beauty and the confusion, I guess, of it is that there's no perfect path to success. It can come literally from any direction. And is often slower than you think it should or could be. Some people have it fast, but I've been working on this thing for, you know, as I said, since 2014. Yeah. It's a long time. And you're effing good. I'll tell you this because, so my business, we use Basecamp and everybody like exchanges messages and we're all talking to each other in it, you know, to, to kind of support clients and things like that. And, um, one of our team members, shout out to Ella. Um, she, she, she posted, uh, just like a little snippet from, from something you wrote about like a kid who's not studying or something. And it was just so funny. It was like, Jimmy is like, yes, mother. Now I will study this. It was, I can't remember the exact writing, but it was just like the funniest copy. And I was like, man, Gretchen's good. Like she really knows how to like capture, you know, in your unique voice, what it's like for students. I'm reading this book right now called um, super fans by Pat Flynn. And he talks about how his wife wasn't obsessed with 90 degrees or Backstreet Boys or something. And he said she could sing every lyric they had, you know? And he said, and that was his first tip on writing, making a successful business. He says, you have to know the lyrics of your customers, right? What they say and think. And now that I'm thinking about what you wrote, it's like, you know exactly how parents think, you know, exactly how kids respond. And you're able to just like put that into like, you know, whatever your work or your course and like show that. And it, it, I'm sure that really empowers people who take it. Well, let me put it out there to your listeners, um, just in case there's somebody out there who has this skill. Something I know I've been needing to do for a while, speaking of social media, is hire somebody who can watch all the videos that I take. I mean, I, I really need help actually making a better YouTube channel and uh, getting figuring out social media strategy. But whatever, if you have that skill, great. Hook, email me at Gretchen at GretchenWegner.com. But specifically also to watch my videos and pull out TikToks. Because I am not interested in making any TikToks, but I know that my videos probably are riddled with fun little whatevers that are hilarious and interesting and thought-provoking. And then that would also 
like the printables you're talking, push people to my website. Yeah. Well, there you go. You're putting it out. I think now one thing I've noticed about you, Gretchen, that I appreciate, and I think it's probably because I do it too, is you're good at asking for what you want. Like you just, you just said, you know, I want, I want this, this video editor and it's going to come to you. How does that play into your approach? Well, it's so funny you say that because my response, and maybe this is perfectionism, right? It's, oh my God, Sean, I need to be so much. I'm trying to be better at it. But like, I've needed this for three years. I actually really need a a new, like my my current assistant is amazing and wonderful, but I know she's building her own business. And I actually need a small team. Like you have a team. I don't have a team yet. I'm by myself and my assistant, which is a lot to do. And I'm scared of, of passing over you know, the, the power and the creativity and figuring out being a business person, like paying people like that's scary to me. So thank you for the acknowledgement. I, I do ask for what I want, but my asks are sometimes smaller than I think they could be. I think I could be braver and braver about asking more and more um, from people. So, um, but, but I'll also say that in my work with students and educators, students, students and grownups are no different. We all, we all have our, can I just say the F word, the actual, you could do it. Go for it. Okay. (laughs) We're all fucked up when it comes to learning. We all are. And so the thing that students are the worst at that I've noticed all the adults I work with are the worst at, which just means our culture is the worst at it, is asking for help. Is is that it's 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 not a moral failure on your part if you ask for help. It shouldn't be your last resort. It should be your first impulse. And I almost want to cry when I say that. Because I don't think I've ever said it that way. And see, this would be a TikTok right here (laughs) on the video, right? Asking for help should be such a part of our fluency that the minute we have an idea or a feeling of limitation, we, we share it with people and we say, hey, what do you know about that? What could you do about that? Could you help me? God, if kids would go to their teachers and tell them, how they're actually feeling or ask their friends for some support. I can't get this homework assignment done. I'm going to fail if I don't. Could we please do a FaceTime? Could you please not talk to me? You could play video games on the FaceTime if you want, but I just need it for an hour. Could you please do that? What if we all did that as a first attempt, not a last resort? It would just change the world. And one of the things I'm seeing inside my anti-boring educators club, I don't think we've said that I call my brand. Oh, I did say it once, the anti-boring approach. So the club where we have our community calls is the anti-boring educators club. But um, the, the way that people build their businesses the most is when they come, when they show up to the calls and they're willing to be vulnerable about something that's hard. You don't even have to ask for help. You just need to name what's hard in the presence of loving community. And then people just want to help. And so that's what we do for each other. And it's really beautiful. And sometimes the help is in the form of a hashtag Gretchen made me do it. (laughs) 
that that resonates for me because I think this podcast in itself was me asking the education community for help. I was I was asking like, hey, I want to build a successful tutoring business. I literally have no idea how, but I'm gonna find people like you, Gretchen, who have who have done it and and figure out my um my value add to the community. So I think that's a really powerful message and something that people should do. And I think the other part of it that's so powerful is that when you ask for help, you also empower the person who's giving the help because now they see themselves as an expert and you're helping them turn on their light of expertise, right? Like, you know, they say the best, the best thing, the most, or I'm trying to think of the wording for, but it's like, the thing that's going to offer the most valuable value to the world is the thing that people ask you for help with the most, right? Like when you're trying to create a brand, my whole business, right? right? People were asking me for help. Yeah. And so when you know that, so it's like, so for all you non-askers out there, like go ask people because you're also empowering them to live their best life. You're not taking from them. You're actually giving a gift to them. Now. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it can, you know, some people, you know, you want to, you know, I mean, personally, there's, there's some people who overdo the ask or they ask for the wrong things. Maybe don't ask to take, ask to learn, I guess is what I mean by that. That's really important. That's so important. And we are working on that inside the community right now, the rock your biz part of the community. We are working on what does it mean? What is the relationship between marketing and generosity and curiosity? And how many of us, even some of us coming into the program actually are former marketers. And some of the former marketers have this like, gimme, gimme, gimme energy. That is an impulse. They don't want it anymore, but it's there in their body. They've learned it. They've learned it from their profession, from the culture. And how do you slow down that gimme energy and just connect and just listen And then offer some things that you know, not because people need to pay you for it, but just offer it generously from the heart. Now, you don't want to do that too much to some of us, many of us who are women and people of color specifically overgive too. So we have to watch those impulses as well. Uh, but, But there's a reciprocity that can feel so good. And when we land on how to do that, kind of like... The person who made the course with her. Yeah, Cassandra. Cassandra Yeah, Yeah, that reciprocity is so important. Um, It's like when people are thinking about passing away or whatever, that's kind of morbid, but they're like, they want to come up with a giving strategy, right? They're like, okay, I'm going to give all my money to these organizations because I don't want, you know, it to be, to pass away. And then it doesn't go in the right hands, right? And it's like, like as an educator or as a business owner, more specifically, you have to have a giving strategy, right? Like I created this Pinterest thing. It was like four, four IEP goals for parents with executive function. Like I'm giving that away, but there's also a strategy behind it, which is if I give this away, it leads people to visit my website, sign up for my email list, and then I can share more like valuable things and things that I will offer for pay that I won't give away, right? Like I'm not going to give away my coaching time for free. Like that's maybe my most valuable resource, right? You know, but I will create things for the community. What's a legacy? That's what I I did attend some event years and years ago. And the, the one sentence I heard that landed 
was that these days we can give away our legacy. We can create a legacy that can be for free. What people really need to pay for is support implementing whatever your legacy is. Now, of course, I don't have all the anti-boring approach modules out in the public for people, but there are little pieces of it on YouTube. And uh, that's my legacy. If I were to disappear tomorrow, Gretchen's teachings live on. And that's really beautiful and exciting to know. Um, and so it is, it, and, and it's, it's, it's fun. That's actually what kept me going. Cause I was such a do-gooder. I was like, ah, this marketing shit, you know, <laughs> but I was like, but, but wait, marketing is teaching. I just have to figure out what's, what's the level of teaching. I mean, I'm a master teacher. I was a teacher. What am I willing and excited to give away for free as my legacy? And then how do I pull it together in a more efficient, effective training? for people who want to actually get into action around what I teach, which is anti-boring approach to study skills. Totally. And I'm like a firm believer in the course methodology because it's like you could have all the different YouTube videos and you'll probably get a lot from that. But when you follow the sequence and scope of instruction to a T and you attend like the group things, like all that stuff play, you know, you can't really... I mean, you wouldn't have a community unless it worked for a lot of people. Like, you know, it's like, because it works, it, you know, it create, and you learn from the process, you learn what people like and what they don't like. And that's something I'm looking forward to. I just launched my course a few months ago, but it's like, I'm realizing, okay, it's all about community. Like, how do I continue to add value? Like the course is just the first step, you know, they, they get the knowledge. Now we have to like problem solve as they grow into these roles. So I imagine it's like really you know, with your thing, it seems like you've, you've come so far, you have the community, you have the, you know, the problem solving sessions, you, a year long course. That's amazing. Right. Like to like, think of how much your life can change in a year. Like I was talking to you a year ago, my life has significantly changed. Um, so that's pretty exciting that you're, you're rolling that out. When does it, when, I mean, I know this episode's going to come out. I want this to be evergreen, but when, when are you rolling that, that offering out? Yeah. Well, and here's the beauty, right. Is people can always start like if you listen to this six months from now, you can still join the Rock Your Coaching or Rock Your Biz. You just won't join with as big a cohort as the folks now. So I haven't even published anything yet. So y'all are hearing it hot off the press here. But um, the month of May is when we're doing all of the free webinars. And I'll actually give you some links to those in a moment. Um Helping people understand, you know, what, what is my special approach to how academic coaches can market. And also we'll be doing some interviews with people who've started their own businesses, also teachers using the tools in their classroom. So all of that happens in the month of May, hoping that folks will jump in by the end of May so that in June, before I go to Tanzania, <laughs> Um, we'll have a bunch of intro training calls more than I usually do, right? Normally there's just two a month, but we'll just have a bunch of, for those, for teachers who want some professional development over the summer, here are your calls to um, get going with the course. And for those who want to start their own businesses, uh, yeah, let's get going fast this summer so that you can make some significant headway this summer. So we'll have a number of calls in June and it's the two tiers. It's the Rock Your Coaching tier, which is not as expensive as the Rock Your Biz tier. 
Um, but I, I'll tell you, because I think this will be interesting to you and also to your listeners, that um, I it's tricky doing a year-long program. I would rather in some ways just sell my course, Art of Inspiring Students, that people can just buy and work through by themselves. But my strategy consultant, who I worked with recently, just said, Gretchen, what do you know is the best way if people are going to be really integrate the tools and so that students get them in the way students need them? What's the best structure? And I said, oh, hands down a year. Don't just learn the tools because most of us are going to learn them and only implement one or two of them. Learn the tools and stay with me. And speaking of asking for help, you know, show up for the calls, say what didn't work. We have lots of tears on our calls, you know, when people are frustrated that students aren't responding sometimes the way they hope. Um, but stay with us for a year. And then it is amazing at the end of the year how you have internalized in your own being this particular way of teaching these study and executive function tools. And then your students have also had time to internalize them in a way that you see the results and you feel better. And so it's like, it's a risk asking people to pay more money for a year, but I see the value of it. And so let's, let's, let's see, let's see how it goes. What's the best thing you got from one of your parents? When our Sunday school teacher told me that, uh, this was in fifth grade, that Anyone who's not Christian goes to hell. And I had just lived in Egypt around a bunch of Muslims. Uh, My parents took me out of Sunday school class and we spent the rest of the year watching Joseph Campbell's The Power of Myth together and discussing it when I was just 10 years old. And that was the best gift I ever got from them. Whoa, that's pretty amazing. If you don't know Joseph Campbell's The Power of Myth, it's what George Lucas based Star Wars on. (laughs) (laughs) So it's epic. Yes. Super. And may the fourth be with you yesterday. Right. Ah, that's true. Yeah. I was seeing a bunch of Jabba the Hutt pictures on Instagram. <laughs> what makes you cry? Not a lot. I wish I was more of a crier. Um, but I'll say what makes my eyes water is when, when I'm watching shows where uh, people like Ellen, my eyes water a lot on Ellen, like the, the segments where, where people who do good in the world are getting honored and acknowledged. And when people have achievements that their parents, that they need a big hug at the end, there's that. And my eyes water all the time now. And it happened during this podcast when I think about not doing one-to-one coaching with students anymore. Last question. What talent would you show off in a talent show? I get shy about talent shows, even though I, you know, I'm a theater person, but my favorite thing is, and it's funny, it's right behind us on the video, uh, as, is to grab one of my favorite children's books and then just read it out loud at the microphone and get the entire room of adults super into Scaredy Squirrel or Lovable Furry Old Grover or whatever. I like doing that. I could see that. I could see that. I would do The Giving Tree. I've been reading that. And that made me cry recently too, as I read that. <laughs> so that hits two boxes. Very cool. Well, Gretchen, thank you so much for speaking with me today. So good to catch up with you again. Exciting, awesome things happening in your world. What's the best way for people to contact you? 
you're going to have to go to Sean's whatever episode this is, the show notes to get it. But on May 12th, uh, with my strategy consultant, Michelle Warner, she and I are doing a special version of her incredible course, Networking That Pays, but we're doing it for educators. So for people who are in the tutoring, executive function, academic coaching industry. And uh, I just can't wait. I just think it is the best thing I've ever seen. Speaking of which, training you how to ask others for help. I just realized that connection here. And um, I think it's great for us as marketers. I also think her system is incredible to teach students, not around marketing, but around how to ask for help. So I'm super excited. I'll be giving link the link to you and you can put in the show notes, but that's May 12th. So sign up before then for that. But if you're kind of curious about any of my programs and also just want to track how I use my list, uh, I encourage you to go to GretchenWegner.com slash success. And I have a free downloadable. <laughs> it's not on Pinterest, but it is on my, your email will get on my list. So you'll start getting announcements about other webinars coming and, and free resources coming up, but you'll get a list of what I call the seven do's and three don'ts of inevitable success. And I refer to those seven do's and three don'ts weekly with the people in my program because they are the trouble, the tricky trouble points for all of us. And so I recommend that everyone grab it, print it out and put it on your refrigerator and look at it often. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you want to try a free module from my course, Becoming an Online Executive Function Specialist, check out the link in the bio or visit earnmoretutoring.com. Please leave a review and rating and crush that subscribe button so you can get new episodes posted twice a month. See you soon.